Hey everyone, Jane and I have just finished recording uh, this month's podcast, but I just thought I'd jump in front here and give a gentle trigger warning. Um, we do discuss um, violent incidents in this uh, podcast episode and also um, at the end of the episode when we announce our book for next month, we do um, mention um, incidents of sexual assault. So for those of you um, who may struggle with that, um, you might want to skip this one. Thanks. Literary Anything, our Marion Libraries podcast, where we talk about anything literary and literary anything. I'm Jane. I'm Paula. Hello. Hello. March. Here we are. Mad March. Uh, First, second day of fall. Or you don't say fall, autumn. Come on. (laughs) I know. I know that there's one that you don't say, and then I inevitably say the wrong one. (laughs) Yes, it's the first day, is it today? Second day. Second day of, yeah, autumn. Lovely. Mm. A beautiful month. Jane, I finished this book at 11 o'clock last night. Whoa, really? And then I couldn't sleep because (gasps) I just had so much stuff in my head. Wow. Feeling like we needed to talk about today for the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Burning the midnight oil, literally. Yeah. Um, I finished on Saturday night. Oh, okay. So it's not like, you know... I was way before you or anything. No. <laughs> so a big book, a big discussion yes. today. We're talking about American Dirt by Janine Cummins. Um, and shall I read the blurb on the back? Yes. Yesterday, Lydia had a bookshop. Yesterday, Lydia was married to a journalist. Yesterday, she was with everyone she loved most in the world. Today, her eight-year-old son, Luca, is all she has left. For him, she will carry a machete strapped to her leg. For him, she will leap onto the roof of a high-speed train. For him, she will find the strength to keep running. So this came out in January this year, 2020. Um, Janine is the author of three other books, The Outside Boy, The Crooked Branch, and a true crime work called A Rip in Heaven, and she lives in New York with her Irish husband. Mm. Um, yeah, I didn't look. I haven't read any of those other books, have you? No, but uh, we. I was interested, of course, because it's true crime. I was interested mm. in um, A Rip in Heaven. We don't have it, so I thought I would I'll see about trying to acquire that one. Um, but I read about the horrible things that happened to her mm. family. It was her brother and her two cousins were... Uh, where her two cousins were murdered and her brother oh um, was there when it happened. It was really horrible. But horrible. Yeah. Mm. Yuck. Yep. Um, so this has got a massive amount of hype, this book. So um, we'll talk about the hype in a minute, mm. um, but we thought we'd just talk about the actual book and what we thought yeah. to begin with. Sure. This is about um, Lydia, whose family gets murdered at her niece's 15th birthday yes. um, celebration, which is called a quinceanera, I think is yes, how you say it. I think so. so um, and set in Acapulco in Mexico. That's right, in present day. Yeah. So the book starts immediately after the murders t- have taken place. And this is entire extended family Yes. Everybody is murdered her mother, except her and her son. Yeah. 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 Her husband, her mother, her sister, mm-hmm. and brother-in-law and cousins and... Yes, ne- everybody. Niece. Yep. Yeah. 16 so members of yeah. her family are murdered. So it starts with her um, hiding because the murderers are still in the house and her and her son are That's right. hiding from um, them while they, I don't know, 
yeah, go through. through their house mm. and look for eating their food. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and then it's uh, the story kind of takes off from there, doesn't it? Through yeah, and I did like the um, reveal of because mm. initially you don't know why. Yeah, um, and it's slowly revealed that her husband is a journalist, and of yeah. course, journalists are um, journalism is a very dangerous um, occupation mm-hmm. um, at this time in Mexico. Um, and then you, yeah, slowly un- uh, realize or come to know that she um, m- gets in this relationship with this person who she doesn't initially know, um, but turns out to be the um, head yes. of a very dangerous crime. Cartel? Yeah, cartel. Yeah. That's the word. Thank yeah. you. Um, and so the, the story follows on from the murders that they she realizes that she's in immediate danger right and needs to escape to the united states right basically yeah so this tells the story of her and luca's journey right to to reach the united states as illegal immigrants right and initially um you oh and of course spoilers we're gonna talk about mm-hmm. absolutely everything yeah um Initially, you don't understand really. I mean, mm. you can kind of see that there's a link between, okay, her husband's journalist and these people are after her, but you don't n- immediately know yeah. exactly what that link is. That's right. And then it's slowly revealed. Actually, probably my favorite part of the book was the reveal of exactly why he targeted her family. Mm. Um, Javier, um, who's the crime boss, um, targeted her family, which is that her husband writes this expose about him. Yeah. And Lydia knows that Javier's daughter, Marta, yeah. is his world because he says so. Um, and she's studying in Barcelona, I think. Yeah. And um, when um, her husband writes this piece about this head of this cartel, um, all she's thinking about is, w- is it flattering? Is it fair? How will Javier react to this article? Um, and she thinks, no, I, I think he'll be okay because, you know, it's a, a fair piece. Mm. And in fact, she's right because that is his um, reaction. But what she doesn't anticipate is that his daughter didn't know that yeah. he, what his job was. Yeah. And so when she finds out, she kills herself. Mm, yes. Yeah. And so, so, yeah, there's some retaliation against the whole family. Yes, that's All of right. Them. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so that's kind of the story in a nutshell, isn't it? Really, yeah. it's it's the um, the journey, the journey from there. Um, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. that sort of layered over the top is the the undercurrent of Javier and that storyline's kind of parallel to um, the physical journey. Right, the of them States. fleeing. Yeah. 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 I had a hard time getting into it initially. Yeah. You had, did, Was that the same yeah. for you? it took me ages to yeah. read this. like the first 200 pages I yeah. really struggled and it's really funny because this, like it says right on the front, Ann Patchett, I couldn't put it down. Yeah. I couldn't pick it up. Yeah. <laughs> I even read a whole another book in between like between putting it down then picking it up again right um yeah it was okay it's not something that i would i mean 
you know, that's the whole point of the podcast is to talk about things, books that we don't necessarily. Is know. it really? Because I thought you told me you just wanted to read all the books that you wanted to read. <laughs> <laughs> you changed your mind that's now. What we tell people anyway. <laughs> yeah, <okay. laughs> um, so this is not something that I would ordinarily pick up again because it's the whole the mum has to save the child. Right. I just can't cope with those sorts of books. They're just so traumatizing. Mm. Um, so I normally wouldn't pick this sort of thing up mm. anyway. But it was, it was fine. I didn't um, whip through it. Right. Um, I didn't necessarily feel a lot for it, which mm. is probably going against the grain because you're supposed to feel so much. Yeah. Well, for this I, book, I. I immediately disliked Lydia. One of the first things that she did that I was just like, uh, I don't know if you remember this, happens right near the beginning. She kicks a dog for like, oh. no, no. Yeah. yeah. She just kicks a dog. I was like, I don't like this don't person. Don't kick dogs. No. Yeah, that's horrible. Um, and then she gets into that weird um, relationship with Javier mm. um, that just seemed weird and I didn't understand what, why she was doing it and yeah it seemed so naive and um just bizarre really yeah. like she was kept going on about how charming and everything he was and i didn't think he was charming Sounds at all like a sleaze i thought he was a total creep yeah yeah and you know like acting like they were best friends yeah and intimately know each other and i don't mean intimately like physically, physically yeah like intimately know each other as you would a best friend mm. and um, i just thought really yeah, it happened really quickly and you and live in you know mexico where the cartels are beheading people in your town mm. and all of this sort of stuff and you naively don't question who this guy is with the thugs that stand outside your shop yeah like bodyguards like <laughs> yeah you know, she's supposed to be her husband calls her the, the smartest woman she knows but yeah, seems a little. And there were a bunch of things that she did that um, seemed really not smart and just strange. Um, and then, of course, there's Luca, mm -hmm. and of course, we're supposed to have—he's the son. Yeah. Um, you know, he's got this kind of quirky trait of mm -hmm. knowing everything about geography yep. and can like distances between towns. Yeah, and, and all this like random that. information. Yeah. Um, and everybody finds it totally cute and amazing and everything, but yeah. I, I found him annoying. <laughs> oh, Luca. I know. I'm. I'm so not. A, I. I can. I'm not a maternal person, I guess. But I just found him really. I didn't feel really anything for anyone. Right. And this is the kind of book. I'm a real um, crier. Yeah. In books, well, anything really. Mm. Um. And normally this is the kind of book that I would like weep my way through because, right. you know, you're identifying as a mother and, you know, a woman and all of this sort of stuff. But I just didn't feel that connection You're with totally anyone. right. I hadn't even thought about that surprisingly. But, yeah, I've you, yeah. completely the same. Felt nothing. It was just, I don't know. Yeah. About Luca, mm -hmm. he's another child who I feel like kind of like in After the Flood where the daughter had thoughts that were too advanced oh, for her age. Yes, yes. He's eight years old. I yes. get that he's kind of, seems like he's perhaps on the spectrum mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. and he knows more. It actually says at one point that he knows words yeah. that are advanced for his age. Yeah. That's fine. But his level of thinking, yeah. I found, was just... It's very sophisticated for an eight-year-old. Yeah, just yeah. completely and the, not yeah. believable. And the level of 
empathy that he seemed to have for other people was far more developed than what yeah. I think a normal eight-year-old would have. And I guess, I mean, in trauma, traumatic situations, you know, people and children especially um, do have to develop and grow at a much um, more rapid pace than what, you know, an ordinary kid would. But going by the book, they were just an ordinary, normal family beforehand that wasn't really you know being touched by all of this violence up until that point where the entire family's murdered right and his thinking goes to that really advanced level like right away yeah Yeah. that's right and it just was a little unbelievable yeah 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 the other thing that struck me was there were a couple of um well there are lots of really violent Mm. Uh, traumatic things yeah. that happen in the book but there were two in particular that I felt like um, there was a, either an, a weird reaction to or a no reaction to yeah. and uh, kind of like I remember you, them. You, I'm sure you will because <laughs> they're just so shocking yeah um, but um, uh, what you were saying before about people's reactions to mm. trauma they can be like they just shut down and yeah. don't acknowledge yeah. it I get that yeah but um, the two th- things I'm talking about was when um, the man is trying to get onto the train and then he gets sucked into it. Yeah. And then they hear yeah. him screaming as yeah. his body gets all munched Mangled up by the up. train. Like, yeah. it just it seems so horrific. Yeah. And then she's, Lydia's the mother, is trying mm. to say to Luca, the son, that man's going to be fine. <laughs> Which in it it says, you know, the mother's just trying to make him feel better. But if this child is as bright as... Yeah, he's not going to... He knows he's, he's not fine. He's, he's dead. Fine. He's and then he, yeah. she turns to one of the sisters and is kind of like, so what'd you have for lunch or something? You yeah. know what I mean? Like, <laughs> seriously, you yeah. just witnessed a man mm. get completely munched up by a train. I and this is not... This is this book does not... The time frame is not spanning over months and months and months mm. either. So that's mm. probably worth mentioning as well because I think it's 17... I can't remember. It's less than a month, I think, by oh, the okay. time they get to the US. I can't remember. Um, but it's not like they're living this traumatised life for months and months and months and have become desensitised right. to something like that. So it doesn't ring true, does it, when... That's a good point. You know, they're two weeks into this horrific journey and, yes, horrible things have happened, but all of the horrible things would be still horrible. You would think. And shocking. You would think. I was I was shocked by them as I just mm. was reading them. Yeah. The other one was... Um, um, oh... The boy that they picked up that oh, lived at the yeah. dump and how his brother died by being crushed oh, yeah. by the wheel of a dump truck. And yes. when the dump truck crushed him, he lived for three more days yeah. after that. And the, the description of how it didn't flatten him, it just pushed him into the garbage yeah, and he lived it was for three kind days of after that. Yeah. And yeah. I found that so horrific was, and nobody yeah. reacts to that. Yeah, they were like, oh, oh. That's sad. <laughs> I don't even think they said that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't I didn't think that yeah, again, the time span didn't warrant that that amount of apathy towards mm. these horrible things. Like really horrible yeah. things. Yeah. It, yeah. The part right at towards the end where the um they uh, so is it Soledad kills that um that Lorenzo. Lorenzo. Yeah. And then she video calls Javier from his phone. I was ready. I I almost chucked the book across the room. <laughs> that just I know, like was ridiculous. 
I didn't really that didn't really tie up for me that whole bit. I don't really understand what the point of that was. I thought of anything. I was thinking what if if it were me, I might text him pretending to be mm, that dude and say, "Oh, more they're information. they're de- they're dead, so you yeah. can stop chasing them now because I killed them or yeah. something." Yeah, they've gone to Canada. But yeah. video video call, like not even just video call from the desert. Yeah. And, and plus, they were it was daylight, and they were talking all about how they had to be quiet, and not, and she's yelling at him on, on the, the phone. top of a ridge, yeah. <laughs> yeah. next to a dead man. I know. I and you know gunshots and the whole like be more yeah, right obvious. after a gunshot. I yeah, know. I didn't like that either. And I think by that point I was just like, I just need to get this done now. I'm <laughs> really close to the end. I'm not going to think too much about how ridiculous that is. Oh, good for you. <laughs> I, I was so mad. <laughs> yeah, that's a good pickup. That was not good. <laughs> Tell me what you thought of the writing. I had so much trouble with the writing. Mm-hmm. Um, I have had this problem recently with like high profile books published mm. by, you know, reputable publishers. Yeah. Where they have this problem with perspective, with um, head hopping. Writers call it head hopping. Mm-hmm. So here's what I mean by that. So this book to me, seems ostensibly like it would be written in what's called the third-person limited mm-hmm. perspective. Yeah, I know exactly what you're saying. You know what I mean? Yeah, okay. I know exactly what you're saying. So, Go on. Yeah. you know, you're supposed to be in one person's mm-hmm. head and you can't know the thoughts in another person's head. So here's yes. um, just one example. That's why I had so many of these little notes in here because she just does it all the time and eventually I just gave up. I thought, I can't keep noting down every time <laughs> she does this. But, um, okay. It's one of the strangest places Luca has ever seen. Okay, so we're in Lucas' head. Yeah. And just as the last ray of sunlight lifts diagonally from the Plaza Principale and slides up the steeples on its way out of town, all at once the studded lampposts blaze to light. The stri- strings of lights around the tree trunks pop and glow. It's overwhelming to be in a beautiful, festive place like this. Lydia is overcome by guilt. Okay, so now we're in Lydia's head. We're still in the same yeah. paragraph. Yeah. Because it feels incongruous and seductive and wrong to witness the simple charm of a pretty place. She can see that same kind of notion and land across Luca's features, and she reaches for his hand. His mind does this awful thing to remind him not to be enchanted. Okay, so now we're back in Luca's head yeah, again. Yeah. She just does this all the time, and not even just between Luke, Luca and Lydia, no, but like random people they and, encounter, yeah. like just yeah. like really minor characters, suddenly yeah. they know what he's thinking. Yeah, that's right. And I think even we go into Javier's head a little bit. Oh, yeah. I think we dip into the sisters' heads a little bit. Yeah. But it's not even a a natural um, break. No. You know, like some books might do chapters or fairly chunky parts of um, a chapter. Yeah. It's literally paragraph by paragraph you're flicking. Yep. And I read a proof copy of this book and I thought maybe that had been corrected um, corrected Mm. a little bit, but... Obviously not. Mm, definitely and not. I found that I found that annoying as well. I, and I found that recently. I found that in not as badly as this, but I found that in like Little Fires Everywhere by oh, Celesting. Yeah. yeah. And a few others. Um, again, like I say, that I would have thought would have been better edited mm. or cleaned you know, up a little bit at I least. Mean, but yeah. like this author is, you know, as you've said, written mm. other books and apparently worked in the publishing industry mm. for 10 years, worked for Penguin. I, I thought initially it said she was an editor. I don't know what she did there, but... Yeah, maybe she made coffee. Maybe, <laughs> b- 
because <laughs> I and I so that was part of the reason mm. why I found it hard to just lose myself into the story because yeah. I was constantly saying why is she she can't be in this person's head than yeah. that person because you can't really yeah you can't lose yourself in it That's because right. in your head you're internally thinking oh okay now it's now it's Lydia right okay now, now it's, it's Luca. Luca yeah and then and that plus the italicizing of the Spanish <laughs> the fl- I just the couldn't flow. get a flow going mm. it was really yeah right. And the other problem I had was the purple prose. Like, there, there's a saying in writing about kill your darlings. Mm, yeah. um, and, <laughs> like, Stephen King is one of the people supposedly praising this book. Oh, yeah, it's in the front here. One hell of a novel, Stephen King. Stephen King. Yeah. One, does, did, did Stephen King actually read this novel? Because <laughs> in his book on writing, he talks all about you have to kill your darlings. Mm. And I feel like all through this book, there's all kinds of this purple prose where I can just almost imagine Janine Cummins kind of patting herself on the back going, oh, that was a really good one, Janine. Yeah. Yeah. Where I'm reading it going, what is she trying to say about yeah. what this person's face is doing right now? And she's talking about birds pulling it from yeah you know like yeah and it they seemed so out of place so out of didn't place they? yeah they were really even i noticed them right and you're you know of the two of us you noticed that sort of stuff but even i noticed it's, those like you know yes that's a lovely piece of writing but it was very it distracting fit. yeah it was very distracting the flow was hard yeah yeah what did you think um just that really that it was hard to um really lose myself in mm. um, and I found it hard to and both of us deliberately didn't read any reviews or anything about the controversy before we read it yes I mean obviously we had heard that there was um, um, some backlash against the book yeah and we had an idea of we, course because yeah, you could yeah. see headlines and yeah, yeah of course um, but we didn't really delve too much into that but I think I found it hard to um remove the knowledge that there's this backlash going on against this book um it made me read it in a different way yeah i i put that too i wondered what what my um feelings about it would have Mm. been if i could have come to it with a clear head yeah and just yeah without any hype yeah um i have spoken to two booksellers about this book one loved it and raved about it and that was pre-backlash. Right. And then another one said she got maybe 20 pages in, couldn't read it. Right. And hated it. Isn't that interesting? I, I find it like f- even like Oprah, for example, who yes. I thought this would has have been selected for her book her club. book club. And yeah. I thought Oprah had fairly discerning taste. Controversy mm. aside, I'm not even talking yeah. about, um, you know, whether – Mm. a white woman should be writing a yeah. Mexican person story. I'm just talking about on the pure writing and story alone. Yeah. This just seems really kind of trashy. People have raved about it. I don't get it. Like it was touted as the next great American novel. Yeah, John Steinbeck Grapes of Wrath. <laughs> Which sort is of beyond. <sighs> I just yeah, it it blows me away some of the and I I wonder if that's um part of the marketing campaign and problematic um in that regards Mm. um that it was just being built up to be this massive big thing something i did read um a few in a few reviews um is that people are calling this trauma porn yes do you think that's true do you think this is trauma porn i think those for example the two um uh, scenes i just mentioned with Mm -hmm. those really traumatic things happening in them and the like pretty much no reaction to them 
yeah, rises yeah. it to the level of trauma porn. Yeah, I would agree with I that. I think so too. Mm. And um, yeah, I think that's problematic. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, so I guess that probably leads us to talk about the controversy. Dun dun. <laughs> <laughs> um, so just from an industry perspective, mm. this is published by Flatiron Books in New York, I assume. Um, part of the backlash has been that um, Janine has cancelled her appearances and her um, book tour. Um, she's been getting lots of threats and all sorts of horrible things, which is not nice for anyone. Right, and it, but it's in response to yes. um, this, I think on the one hand you have authors like um, Lionel Shriver last mm-hmm. year um, talking about fascism and writers yeah. being controlled and being told yes. who you can and can't yeah. write about. Yeah. And on the other side you have people talking about cultural appropriation. Yes. And I can see both of those things. Yeah. Um, when speaking broadly. Yes. But when we're talking about this book, I um, land totally on the side of the writers who are talking about cultural mm. appropriation because I feel like it seems really arrogant to me. Like I think the author's note in the back mm. actually makes it worse. I agree. Do you? Yeah. 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 Like the idea that yeah. she's like. I, w- I wondered myself if I should be writing this story. But then I, get, then I just went ahead and did anyway. Yeah, and then she <laughs> said, I wish that more... Um, oh, I don't want to ruin the quote, but she said something like, um, I wish someone with browner skin than I yeah. could have written a book like this. Yeah. I'm like, jeez, <laughs> really? But it kind of started a little bit. Back in December, um, there's... Um, Mexican-American writer called Miriam Gerber. She was asked to review the book by a feminist magazine um, and so she read it and then her review was so scathing and so negative (laughs) that the um, editor refused to publish it. She said, I think she said it was spectacular but you don't have enough fame to be able to pen a negative review like this and so they uh, paid her a kill fee and didn't publish it, but then she released it. Um, and guess anyway. what? She has that fame now. <laughs> <laughs> but it is a brutal review, and not unwarranted. Yeah, I, I think, think it's it's, it's extremely angry. Re- it's it's a, very angry. Yeah, it's a very angry review. Um, so that was kind of where this controversy kind of kicked off from, and so that was before it was even published, but after. Oprah chose it as her book club book as well. So there was a lot of media circulating around um, when it was published. Um, Hence, yeah, she cancelled her book tour and um, all of that sort of stuff. Flatiron have since um, apologised for their insensitive marketing campaign. The barbed wire. The barbed wire decorations decorations at the the launch. Come on. <laughs> Did somebody say she had her nails painted with barbed wire oh, or something? No. I thought I read that. Anyway. I mean, that's just so tone deaf, isn't it? Yeah, tone deaf <laughs> is out. the word. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Um, so they, um, I mean, Flatiron was saying that this is, um, they were claiming that this book defined the migrant experience. <sighs> so I think when um, I agree with you that, you know, People should be able to tell the stories as they come to them. Mm. Um, but then, you know, you can't say this defines 
a migrant experience when it's, it's not written by, by a migrant. A migrant. I, I kind of, it, I, it suddenly occurred to me, um, I thought about The Help by Catherine Stockett. Yes. Did you read that book? No, but uh, oh, it okay. had a similar controversy. Yeah, yeah, not quite as, not as big, but there yeah. was some of that controversy. And it was one of my favorite books in, I can't remember what year that was. Yeah. That it came out early 2000s, whatever. Yeah. Um, and yes, people felt like um, a white woman shouldn't mm-hmm. be writing um, the story of about these yeah. um, people of color women yeah. from the yeah. from the south. But the difference there, I think, is that Catherine Stockett grew up in mm. that environment, and her yeah. whole story wasn't just about um, the help; no. it was also about the children and mm. the mothers who yeah. employed the help, and yeah. she was intimately. Um, um, knowledgeable about mm. that because that's how she grew up yeah and i think it's fair enough so, like her cast of characters was pretty much half and half yeah and um you know obviously i'm i'm not from there and i don't have those experiences but i feel like she did a, a pretty good job of fleshing out all those characters they didn't seem like caricatures yeah i think that's the issue here what i'm what yeah. i want to know is like they say, write what you know. What is her motivation? I yeah. know I read what she wrote about her motivation, but it just seems to me if that's really her motivation, she said she did four years of research for this. If you're really going to do this, you better make damn sure you get it exactly right. Yeah, and I think that's part of the criticism is that it is full of stereotypes and caricatures of yeah. Mexican people. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I don't know. I don't know enough about... Um, this and maybe if I was from the United States, I'd have a, a firmer view mm. on um, this whole situation. But um, yeah, even I could see that some of it was a little bit. I've I've read some reviews that say it's clearly written for a white audience, right? And um, to make her seem, um, what's the word? Um, for a white audience to identify with her as a mother. Right. And didn't include, it just included a lot of the cliche um, Mexican yeah. things. You can see why yeah. the, the why Mexican people would be so offended by that. Yeah, and I think um, my issue with it, and I, like you were saying before, you know, we don't want to go down a road where we're saying men can't write women characters. That's right. Women can't write men characters and you can't write from the child's perspective. Because yeah, that's ridiculous. And we've I mean, what kind crazy. of limited – we want stories with broad, of broad characters. Of course. You're Let always going to be writing about – Fantasy and science fiction. Mm-hmm. Like We're not going to say, well, you can't write from that alien's point of view <laughs> because you're not an alien and you've never been in space. <laughs> like, <laughs> right. we can't go down that road too far. That's ridiculous. Um, but I think part of it is about um, – who is who is afforded the opportunity to write um, and tell their own stories within an industry that lacks so much diversity? Oh, so true. It's in within itself, and it's the same thing with the Oscars and the Grammys and all of that sort of stuff. That yeah, you know, there's so little diversity in the in behind the scenes with the people making the decisions that it rubs people up the wrong way. That she was given a seven figure book deal for this book when there's a ton of Latinx writers who um, can write much more persuasively from their own experience. Um, and I think that's that's the rub with people is that there's this huge global marketing campaign for this book when, yeah, there's so many um, 
more authentic authors that don't get afforded the same opportunity because, and I'm going to bring out my pie charts here. This is really new data that came out only a couple of weeks ago. Um, It's American. Um, It's called the Lee and Lowe um, 2019 Baseline Diversity Survey. So the last one was done in 2015 and this one is, yeah, like I said, just released a couple of weeks ago and it talks about breaks down the um, publishing industry and what the breakdown of um, diversity is. So this Lee and Lowe um, survey, it's um, US-based and it's based on US um, data and it's worth mentioning that the Australian Publishers Association have uh, do not keep this sort of industry-wide data on diversity, hence why I'm talking about this one. Right. So, um, for instance, literary agents, 80% are white or Caucasian. Um, Book reviewers are 80% white and the industry overall is 76% white. So you've got book reviewers and this is how this book probably got such mega praise to begin with because it's if 80% of book reviewers are white Caucasian people, then how can they possibly know how to review this without their own whiteness? Yeah. Does that make sense? No, I know what you mean. I mean, even like myself, I had, like I said, I had all sorts of trouble with the writing and everything. Mm. I wouldn't have known all of the um, problems with um, her language. Apparently yes, there was no. like all sorts of things where, you know, Mexican people just wouldn't say that or That's they wouldn't right. use that Spanish word in that way. That's and right. It's we not, wouldn't know yeah. any of that. And the colloquialisms weren't the right, weren't colloquialism, right. colloquialisms. Yeah, mouthful of a word. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's where some of the the criticism has come from as well. Is that there's no diversity in the publishing industry. So how can there be diversity in what is being actually published right. as well? And uh, I've talked before about the fact that representation is so important in yeah. books, in movies, in yeah. television. When you don't see yourself reflected back, or Worse, in this case, you see yourself reflected back in this caricature that you yeah. know you, you're not. Yeah. Uh, you know, what does that do to your psyche and your, um, yeah. you know, self-esteem and all sorts? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so we've got some articles that we might link on yep, the Yep, in the notes. Page. Or, yeah. yeah, both. In yep. the notes, yeah. And we'll find um, the Miriam Gerber one as well. Um, and take a look at Goodreads. There's, um, I can't remember what his name last name is. David, um, somebody. He is an American Mexican American writer as well. He's written, and I think it's on the top review of on Goodreads. That's a really interesting review and goes really um, into detail about why this book is problematic. Right. Yeah. Um, I think that you hit the nail on the head before when you were saying about one of the most or maybe the most problematic thing about it is that it is was is touted as um, an immigrant's or a migrant's story yeah and I think maybe it wouldn't have been such a problem if they just yeah presented it as a thriller because that's what it is is. it's just a thriller it's like when I was reading it I felt like you know this relates to real life in the same way that an action movie relates to real life yeah it's not the same if they'd taken a less tone-deaf approach with Mm. the marketing and the big push with it yeah um it might not have hit such a nerve because it is it's a fairly fast but this is not literary fiction no even though 
it seems to try to be a little yeah, it's bit. Like it's pretending to be. Um, yeah, it's a fairly fast-paced thriller. Um, I just listened to Oprah's response to. Yeah. Oh, that's one other thing. Um, on uh, literary the literary hub lit, lithub.com there's an article called 142 writers ask you meaning Oprah to reconsider american dirt as her choice for yeah. um her first 2020 book club pick and um i'd read that um but i didn't know what oprah's response to that was so i just um listened to it this morning and she said that um she wants to open the conversation to people on all um mm-hmm. sides um, and that she's going to be streaming it on Apple TV Plus in March. <laughs> and, you know, when stuff like that happens, my, like, spidey senses start going, oh, is this all just manufactured? <laughs> you know? <sighs> anyway. Because that will, people will watch that. Definitely. Yeah. I'd, I'd want to watch it. Yeah. Um, and uh, you can only hope that it'll be a good thing mm-hmm. in the end because people will become more educated yeah. on the true stories of people who have lived through this sort of thing. And just as an aside, I have to even out myself as um, I don't watch the news and I get my news from Facebook, which I know is oh really God. irresponsible. <laughs> I know I can't watch news. Anyway, <laughs> as I was reading this book, like, okay, for me living in Canada in my like 20s and 30s, Mexico was a place where you go to have a holiday. Mm. And I left there in 2012. And I really had not kept up with how Mexico had changed in that time since I've been living here. Mm. In my head, it's frozen. I, I thought back, I realized I've been to Mexico five times. Yeah. Um, and it was always this beautiful sunny yeah. place and even Acapulco. I've never been to Acapulco, yeah. but when she was talking about the level of violence there, I thought, oh, and I thought maybe I'll just Wikipedia that. And it's the second most violent city in the world. And I had no yeah. idea. Yeah. So let's hope that this can serve um, to educate people, mm. um, not with this book, but with yeah. the conversation that comes out of this yeah. book. Yeah. Um, because that's, the, you know, we need to know those sorts of things. Yeah. I mean, and that's the beauty of um, discussions like this and books being in the news. I mean, that's great. It means that people are um, highlighting different authors and, you know, this is not the right book for this topic, but right. here's a list of others. Yes. And, you know, let's shine the light on some of the authors that don't aren't afforded the opportunity for, you know, seven-figure deals and huge mm. marketing campaigns and... Yeah, um, book deals and all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, yeah, we'll link some articles. There's one that I really liked from the ABC. There's a great BuzzFeed article, and then we'll link the um, original um, one from Miriam Gerber as yep. well. Sounds good. Right, let's talk about okay. better stuff. All right, what else have you read? I want to hear about what you've read because I've been waiting to hear that Aww. about that since last month. Oh, <laughs> when you saw it sitting on my yeah, desk. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Um, I the only other book I've um, had the chance to read uh, this month is Wham! George and Me by Andrew Ridgely. So this came out uh, just at the end of last year. And um, if you don't know, Andrew Ridgely was uh, George Michael's partner in the 80s um, pop band Wham! Um, and so he wrote this, obviously, after George's death in 2016. Um 
I'm a massive Wham and even more so George Michael fan. You know, it was the one who had all the like faith um, posters mm. in my locker. Did you have a Choose Life t-shirt? I didn't, but I <laughs> wanted one. <laughs> my mum had one and she Oh my gosh. In the 80s, everyone did aerobics and you wore like the... <laughs> The oh, fluoro, like all the really bright leggings, and then like the leotard, and then she had like an off-the-shoulder choose life. Oh my god, your mom is so cool! Cropped t-shirt. <laughs> yeah, and that Frankie says relax. Yeah. The other one. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah. So being the fan that I am, I liked this book. Mm-hmm. Um. I my fear with it would be that if you weren't a fan, you might find it a bit boring. Um. Yeah. There are no big reveals or salacious details in oh, here about anybody salacious. i know you love I, that well stuff. again we I, isn't that what you read <laughs> celebrity <laughs> memoir for salacious <laughs> details um but i did come away with a new appreciation for george and andrew's friendship and you know they grew up together they were friends from when they were i think it was 12 wow um and the other highlight of it are there um, heaps of old photos, um, not just like press photos, but like Andrew's personal, like photos from his personal collection. Like there are three spots where they have glossy, like lovely glossy photos. And then there's also black and white photos like all the way through. So that was definitely That's a highlight, good. including one, um, I, I didn't mark it, so I can't find it now, but there was, um, he there's a picture in here of the note that Andrew left on the fridge for his mom that said, please, please wake me up before you go, go. Aww. And that's what, that's how it yeah. started. That's really I, just, lovely I thought that story. was really special. So yeah, if you're a fan, I would say, yep, it's a decent read. And if you're not, did he write it himself. It says he did. Mm-hmm. Not sure if he got help with that. The other thing is, um, you, you know, is there's a slight feeling of feeling like he's like trying to justify his role in wham because just it it just george is such an enormous talent yeah and you know he's not around anymore to disagree (laughs) with you know andrew can kind of control the narrative on that one um just slightly just just a little bit it it kind of made me wonder but yeah it, it it was good I, nice one. Yeah, I enjoyed it. You've been looking forward to reading that. I have. Yeah. Did you read that before or after American Dirt? Oh, definitely before. Yeah. Because uh, I told you I just finished. I basically read half of American Dirt yesterday. <laughs> just had to power through. I know because we spoke in the middle of last week and we were both like, I, not we're doing not, well. we need more. We need the <laughs> weekends. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I read this month the new Marion Keys book And I've been looking forward to hearing about that. (laughs) (laughs) It's a huge book as most of her books are. I won't talk too much about it because it's very – if you like her writing and you like her books, then you'll like this as well. It's – I can't remember what her last one was called. The break, the break, the break. What was it called? I can't remember. Maybe yeah, the break. Yeah. Um, it's a big book. And it's got a huge cast of characters. I'm just showing Paula here. The oh, there's a family tree. tree. So this, that's the characters. There's, I don't know, 20 characters that um, you get to know in this book. Um, it's not laugh out, not as laugh out loud as oh. um, what some of her other books are. Mm. Um, but it's a really enjoyable easy lovely read does it live up to because you know how we were saying that we were fans of her earlier work and not as much of her later work does it i think it's um 
I think this is a return to some of her earlier work. Okay. Yeah. It's amusing and enjoyable and lovely and, yeah, very Marion Keys. Oh, good. Which is, yeah, I liked it. Yep. I'll put it on my list. Yeah, do. It's, it's massive but, you know, quick to read. Cool. Um, and that's all I've read. Yeah, that's all I read too. I but slogged I out the whole month with American Dirt. <laughs> American Dirt. Well, and also we only had half as long as usual because we were later with our that's last That's true. Month. I forgot about that. Yep. Yeah. The other Good. thing I thought I'd mention is a book that's coming out um, that's getting a bit of um, press. Uh, it's called A Very Stable Genius. Oh, yes. So it's the latest Donald Trump book. I mean, how many times have mm. we heard that there's hype about a new tr- Donald Trump book? But this is... Um, Donald J. Trump's testing of America accuses Mr. Trump of having the amazing ability to disconnect from facts and remember experiences the way it suited him at the moment. And it's named after um, one of his famous tweets. I mean, there are so many. Oh, uh, no. um, but that's, this one said, I went from very successful businessman to top <laughs> TV star to president of the United States on my first try. I think that would qualify as not smart, but genius and a very stable genius at that. <laughs> Which is just hilarious. <laughs> well, it's it's sad because he's the president, but if you it's can remove so that, funny. It's, it's funny because it's not our country. It's not <laughs> <laughs> um, but I just had to when I so that's coming out. Um, mm. We're acquiring it at the moment, um, so you can add your name to the whole list if you're interested in that. But um, the other thing I wanted to mention is I don't know if you've ever heard of this American comedian called Randy randy rainbow no i haven't he does these hilarious song parodies of now he just does them exclusively about Mm. trump because there's just so much material to choose from but um he took off this tweet as well like he's done one um you know that uh carrie ann that song before he cheats carrie Um, ann yeah whatever anyway he did one um before he tweets you know maybe (laughs) next time you'll think before he tweets anyway he did one um that's a takeoff of the song i am the very model of a modern major general from pirates of penzance um that's this very stable genius you know oh my goodness i am the very model of a very stable genius (laughs) he's hilarious anyway if you just need a laugh you can um youtube him and it's really funny So that's the next big Trump book to come out. Um, I've only got three quick ones to talk about um, that are coming out in March this month. There's one called um, The Origin of Me by Bernard Gallet. Um, I'll just quickly read. It's a very short blurb. Lincoln Locke's life has turned upside down. His parents have separated. He's at one of Sydney's most exclusive academies and he's aware of a genetic anomaly that threatens to humiliate him. Audacious, hilarious and wonderfully inventive, Bernard Gallet's debut novel, The Origin of Me, is a celebration of friendship, young love and the wonders of our imagination. I thought that just sounded... Mm, I feel like I don't know what to make of that. Yeah, it sounds um, like the kind of thing that could be really wonderful and might get read in year 12 in 10 years' time. Yeah, I kind of... Yeah, right. Mm, Interesting. Um, And yeah... Well done, debut novel. There's a couple of debuts on my list today. Um, so, yeah, Aussie, Aussie, <laughs> Aussie novelist Bernard Gillette. Right. I've got another one. Oh, yes. Should we go back and forth? Yes. Yeah. Um, there's a novel called The Phantom Prince by Elizabeth 
Kendall, which was published 40 years ago. It's The Phantom Prince, My Life with Ted Bundy. So this is a woman who had a relationship with Ted Bundy before she realized he was Ted Bundy. Um, It's been updated and expanded um, with a contribution from her daughter, Molly Kendall. Um, So that was published in January. So if you like true crime, um, Mm. you can look for that. And there's that Ted Bundy um, sort of... It's not a documentary, but it's sort oh, of. Oh, there's a heaps of Ted Bundy stuff on Netflix. It seems there's like a new one on Zach Netflix. It's got Zach Efron. In yeah, it. apparently it's pretty good. Yeah, I haven't seen it. Yeah, some people don't like it because they feel like it makes glamorizes yeah. it a bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. that makes sense. Mm. Um, another one called "The Salt Madonna" by Catherine Noski. It's the crucible meets the natural way of things. Stunning um, novel from another. She's a uh, debut author as well, Catherine Noski. So that's from um, Picador, um, which is an imprint of Pan Mac, I think. Um, so that sounds interesting. I thought is that a dystopian then? Natural way of things. I guess so. Mm. Might be in the olden days. So uh-huh. cross that off your list, Paula. <laughs> Too old. <laughs> Um, the last one I have is Magda Zabansky wrote a children's book and just like brace yourself for this title because I think it's awesome. Timmy the Ticked Off Pony and the Pooh of Excitement. <laughs> <laughs> That's so I know cute. this is a children's book um, and we don't usually talk about children's books, but I just thought it sounded really cute. And also the premise behind it, I thought was um, um relevant um she says timmy is about the perils of shallow fame and being addicted to likes Uh, i don't want to sound preachy but i worry for young people and the intense scrutiny and judgment they are exposed to including from themselves so i thought that sounded like topical yeah yeah that sounds good Mm. um this one i might read it sounds really interesting it's by donna ward um it's called she i dare not name a spinster's meditations on life She I Dare Not Name is a compelling collection of fiercely intelligent, deeply intimate lyrical reflections on the life of a woman who stands on the threshold of two millennia. Both Manifesto and Confession, this moving memoir explores the meaning and purpose Donna Ward has discovered in a life lived entirely without a partner and children. It describes a life lived on the edge of a world built in the shape of couples and families. Rippling through these pages is is the way a spinster or a bachelor, or any of us for that matter, contend with the prejudice and stigma of being different. With courage and astounding honesty, Donna uncovers the challenge of living with more solitude than anticipated and what it's like to walk the road through midlife and beyond alone. And she reveals how she found home and discovered herself within it. Wow. That sounds pretty um, intense, doesn't it? It does. It sounds intense. So I like the premise of that because the world is so much revolving about particularly for women Mm. about you know being married and having children and that defines you and how do you define yourself if that's not the case for you yeah so that sounds really good and it's a pretty cover i don't know if i like it but Mm. i have to see it in real life i guess what's that called when you put the oil in the thing and the paper on like marbling oh i thought it looked like peacock feathers oh yeah Mm. anyway right <laughs> Have you got another one? Nope, that's okay. it. Okay. Now for next month, Jane, do you want to announce our book? Yes, it's called My Dark Vanessa by Kate Elizabeth Russell. Okay, so I'll read a little bit about it. All he did was fall in love with me and the world turned him into a monster. Vanessa Y was 15 years old when she first had sex with her English teacher. She is now 32 and in the storm of allegations against powerful men in 2017. The teacher, Jacob Strain, 
has just been accused of sexual abuse by another former student. Vanessa is horrified by this news because she is quite certain that the relationship she had with Strain wasn't abuse. It was love. She's sure of that. Forced to rethink her past, to revisit everything that happened, Vanessa has to redefine the great love of her life, her great sexual awakening, as rape. Now she must deal with the possibility that she might be a victim and just one of many. Nuanced, uncomfortable, bold, and powerful, My Dark Vanessa goes straight to the heart of some of the most complex issues of our age. <sighs> yeah. It is. It's going to be... Intense. Yeah. And it's going to be heavy going. Yeah, heavy. But it's getting a little bit of... Um, like a bit of slow burn hype, this book. I've seen it around a little bit. Well, it's super relevant. Yeah, it's not out until um, for a couple of days, um, but we'll make sure we've got copies ready to go as soon as it hits the shelves in the bookstores. Um, but, yeah, I think this is going to be one that um, um, is impacting for a few people. Yeah. Yeah. So enjoy <laughs> that book. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully, we'll have some really um, good discussion. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Enjoy your month, and okay. we'll see you next month. See you. now so i need lap rugs. Oh. oh you're not even 40 yet next year is the big one i know what are you, are you gonna do something i don't know i'm debating whether i have a party or spend the same amount on something awesome for yourself yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> did you do anything for your 40 um it's kind of sad because for my 40th i had recently moved here mm. so i had no friends <laughs> So I just so that went was out for dinner with my family. A quiet one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, seriously, it was like before, before I started working here, before, yeah. Wow. So, yeah. All those years ago. Do you know Brett's, <laughs> Brett's turning 50 this <gasps> year? Is he? He doesn't mm. look 50. Yeah, I know. He does pretty well. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I thought he'd be, I don't know. Same as me. <laughs> and I was robbing the cradle. <laughs> you don't look like you're 40 either. So <laughs> don't 